ride with me in my foul life. Today's episode of the Foul Life Podcast is brought to you by Yukonupa. Every great hunter knows the best partners have four legs. Yukonupa is one of the only foods on the planet designed specifically with athletes like hunting dogs in mind. They are all about helping your hunting dog perform at their best. With over 50 years of experience, they've fine-tuned and crafted their recipes to meet the highest standards of each individual dog's needs. But here's what sets Yukonupa apart from the rest. Their commitment to sustainability and animal welfare. With every bag of Yukonupa pet food, you can feel confident knowing you're providing your hunting dog with optimal nutrition while supporting a company that prioritizes animal welfare and the environment. And as outdoorsmen, there's almost nothing more important. Don't let your hunting partner be held back by subpar nutrition. Give them the fuel they need to succeed with Yukonuba. Visit yukonuba.com to learn more. Welcome to this episode of Foul Life Podcast. I'm Jace Newmarker. Join me in welcoming <laughs> my guests, Chad Belding, Brad Harrington, Ryan also Newmarker. Your dad? Also my dad. <laughs> <He's good at laughs> <this>. <laughs> All right, this is that's that's Jace Newmarker. I mean, he has been on several podcasts because he's got a I think it's called Instagram. Is that what you have? Is it IG yeah. page? Yeah. You're not on Tic Tac, are you? What's Tic Tac? Or what what's it called? TikTok? Are you on that? No. You better not be. We'd have some issues there, boy. <laughs> um, but you have at Outdoor Jace, right? Yeah. And you're a chucker hunter by by trade, but you love duck hunting. You love yeah. all things hunting, quail, chucker, all of it? I love everything. What do you mean by that? Like, you love rainbows, you love, you love <laughs> cereal, but what do you mean you love everything? I love ducks, geese, chucker, quail, huns. I love big game. I I love anything you can kill. <laughs> <laughs> it's an easy way to put it. <clears throat> We're paddling together, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Turkeys. Do you like to fish? Yeah. You but, do? Yeah, we have a big pond at our house that I fish every day at. Every day? Every day. That's cool. That pond that we were at today would be cool to fish, huh? Yeah. Get a float tube and get out there with a little fly rod. Yeah. Got some trout and bass. So what did you learn today give me some ideas of what you learned not just the tips you were in but overall what was what kind of day was it for you um one of the best things my personally that i learned today is the commands sit hear heal and their name that's probably the best thing i learned to train my dogs and get them ready for hunting season that's probably the best thing i learned today from brad and do you do you have labs and pointers or what kind of dogs do you have uh we have one lab but he's kind of old his back end's going out and then we have two new dogs a poodle pointer which she waterfowl hunts upland she's kind of for everything and a german short hair that's cool so did your jer oh she, it's an english pointer english the, yeah the two pups are an english pointer and a, and a poodle pointer and then we got an older short hair but well it's close you get fired up when they go on point and that right that front leg goes up in the air and they just yeah they just become like a statue huh yep you ever pheasant hunted uh one time when i was like six let me hear your best rooster call when one flushes <laughs> rooster <laughs> <laughs> say it you gotta get it good let me hear it there you go 
Rooster! <laughs> they, you can't start laughing. You had to be like, Rooster! That's how they do it, right, Brad? That's right. Rooster! <clears throat> Scares the living daylights out of me. When you start, yeah. you like get scared when they do it the first time you hear that. Rooster! Because you don't want to shoot the hinge, right? No. So, so he, you, what were the three commands that you learned? Sit, hear, heal, and their name. Sit, hear, and heal. Can you say heal like Brad Arrington says it? (laughs) You want to repeat after me? Heal. Heal. No, you got to get that southern jaw. Heal. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, Bradley, um, it's kind of cool to think about something in in, of the dog training nature, this part of your business, this part of my life, having Axel with you and all the things that we've done. I think it's neat to know that there that kids this age could be interested in it because you you started young but kids aren't the same today there's not many kids i met like jace my nephew chase my daughter they i mean they like to get out and bang they like to get out and hunt and they go they like it they enjoy it he likes it more him and him and my nephew are diehards like they'll hunt every day if they could it's nothing to be out in this backyard and chase come walking around the corner with two pigeons and a rabbit right and i'm he just goes out and smokes them right so it's neat seeing that right how does it make you feel or what are your thoughts on the next generation of dog hunters and and or i mean dog trainers and give me an idea like is it is it stout still do people want to get involved in it still i'm a excuse me i'm a I love kids. I help with football, help with baseball. I help with a lot of kids around our area, around Mossy Pond, to try to get them involved. I don't think that it's that they don't want to. I think the opportunity is less now than it than it used to be. You know, when I came up, when you came up, I'm sure. I mean, that was a way of life. I mean, that's what that's what everybody did. Um, you know, all my buddies at school, they they went hunting on the weekends, fishing stuff like that. Um, as opposed to now sports have got a lot more serious and to for crying out loud if you play baseball if you're going to play you got to play year round and practice four days a week even at um jace's age so i think i think that the opportunity is lesser now but um i love it i promote it i i encourage i love seeing it um it, it it's why i do what i do you know is to make that customer smile on his face when he sees his dog but when i see a kid coming and learning how to operate the dog and wanting to understand and um, being a good student by me and my trainers on learning how to how to handle a dog properly and um, that that puts a smile on my face good thing kids are really really good students Um, you know you're more successful um men are actually my worst students um they have developed too many bad habits yeah well they think they know more than they do and uh, a kid he's gonna you know whatever i tell him to do he's gonna try to do it exactly like i do it and that makes them a good student and the dog performs better for them than um the the adults a lot of times and and they'll take time in doing the lessons a lot of the adults <clears throat> they don't want to do the lessons out in the backyard now i do have good some good students but um they don't want to do the work in the backyard until it's right before duck season then they'll work the dog a few times and be ready to go hunting but um, a lot of the kids that i train they'll work the dog three and four five afternoons a, a week 
and that dog gets where he he can my son grayson he's 13 years old he loves to um, work his dog trigger and um, i would put him against any waterfowler um, hunt test guy um, working working a dog he is the dog works with him that they, they, they're smooth they're a great team and um, operates well this year um, dove season is really big in our area and first week of september it came in he he had been busy with football and we went to a dove field uh, 15's our limit down there he forgot his e-collar which i wanted to um, kill him over but he forgot his e-collar went out there in the field no e-collar nothing trigger was i mean spotless they were i put him up there on this kind of the crown of the field everybody in the field could see him and watch him and they just put on a clinic i mean it was grayson was hot that day with his 20 gauge he was hitting a lot of birds he was the high man in the field he killed his limit the only guy that killed his limit and trigger was absolutely flawless never broke um went and got his marks even a couple cripples that went through a lot of other people's um, blind buckets dogs working trigger went across the field on some cripples (laughs) got the dove and brought it back and delivered the hand and um you know that was something so simple as that was one of the biggest highlights in my hunting outdoor um to see my son at 13 years old be able to handle a dog as good as any adult could when you start before we transition i got a question for ryan um i want you to finish a thought though before i ask ryan that question it's hot it's it's like 90 degrees today it gets hotter and hotter into august the dog days of august the same and then all of a sudden the first real wing shooting you know you got blue wing kill in certain parts of the country starting september 1st or september 9th time frame but dove is a religion in the south where you're from i mean it's nothing to have 100 dudes at a dove camp a dove shoot a dove field mojo's going dogs going what what do we need to keep in consideration that time of year those type of birds the feathers coming off the bird what what can a dove hunter do to ensure that his dog is healthy during that hunt do they there's a chance for choking there's a chance for dehydration this i'm just spitballing here because it is hot i've always been told do not let your dog retrieve dove is there any truth to that and what can we look for to make sure that our dogs are okay on a hot day dove hunt heat exhaustion is the number one factor i mean every year i I blast our social media and all our email list for all our customers how to take care of the dog in the dove field because it is so hot as far as not hunting them and not um, taking the dog to a dove field no that's bogus Um, definitely take them you know that time of the year you have a lot of juvenile birds and those pin feathers are still coming off so that that gets in the back of their uh, throat so a squirt bottle like a gatorade squirt bottle that a football player would squirt through his face mask um, i like that Um, there's a funnel on each side of a dog's mouth that you can squirt um, water in and he can still drink it's right down by the gums you can keep his mouth shut go down by the gums and water will go past his gums and go behind his teeth and go in his throat i like to spray that out after every retrieve to get those pin feathers out and just keep the dog cool um you know up under the armpits um between his legs um under his tail his ears and the back of his neck um i like to keep that cool after every retrieve um try to find you a spot um try to find you a spot under oak tree or um with a little shade another thing we used to do because we were so nut we didn't want to hunt unless we had our dog we'd buy you know a a wash pail 
that you um a big wash pail that a dog could actually get down in the size that they could get down in and we'd go out in the dove field and we'd dig a hole wouldn't take 30 minutes before the dove shoot see our opener always started at lunch so that morning we'd um dig a hole put that in there and put 10 bags of ice i mean that's part of what we'd buy shotgun shells we'd buy a dove bucket buy a mojo but we'd put that pail down and fill it up with ice and that dog when he came back he would sit on that ice and that's where he hunted from and um that would ensure us that we'd still get to utilize our dog because we didn't care about hunting without him and he would stay cool throughout that dove shoot and he'd come back and he'll he'll mild the ice a little bit and eat some ice um intake some water that way and then it'll turn into water by the end of the shoot of course but um that's something that we do but heat exhaustion in georgia 100 degree weather and you're trying to pick up birds is tough but with the right precautions and know what to look for you're fine when you start you homeschool jace yeah it's uh becoming more and more traditional for homeschooling to happen he spends a lot of time in the outdoors with you in the fall yeah where are you finding your balance of three things you want to raise a kid in the outdoors which is awesome they have to be educated yeah if he ever has any plans of maybe going to college getting a degree getting a master's getting a doctorate a PhD, whatever and then you also have the socialization aspect of school and friends and that he's in extracurricular sports spends a lot of one-on-one with dad oh yeah how is it all balanced and would is it easy do you ever worry that he's not getting the proper percentage of one of those three and talk about the gratification of that outdoor lifestyle what it does teach a young man but first i want you to start is it easy is it difficult for you you have a you're stress you got a stressful i mean you run a big business yeah you know you got 50 employees or something yeah you got 35 rigs out on the road like talk to me about the balance of all that how it's worked out for you yeah and you know I'll, i'll be honest i think it's one of the best moves that we made as a family uh during all the the covid crap um my wife is a teacher by trade and we just decided to do it and she made the she made the plunge and i'm going to be very honest she's the one that takes the brunt of most of the stuff during the day i mean it's it's worked out amazing for our family um you know it's a lot of work for them it's a lot of work for her i used to in the beginning i'd open the door at night and listen first before i walked in like uh, nobody's killed anybody so i think we're good you know <laughs> But we'd go in, and, and I, I wouldn't take it back at all right now. I mean, the kids, we got three kids. She's homeschooling all of them. I think our oldest is going to go back into high school here. But um, we've had a great run for the last two or three years and a lot of great family time and a lot of opportunities. I mean, it's not – if they get their work done and and they're doing what they're supposed to be doing, they get their chores done, they get their schooling done, they've learned that, you know, there's so much of that day in a, in a typical school day that is wasted – on recess and and hanging out with you know friends during in between class and stuff they get their stuff done and they can go do whatever they want to do so they're in different activities and and so they still get to see their friends you know during the day doing other activities um i love it in my line of work where i don't get a lot of time off i i make the time all fall but being a seasonal business here in the town we live in it's it's frustrating this time of year i don't have any time to do anything so you know, I don't get to see him much, but I know that they're still they're having a great time. Like I said, he he gets to go, he gets done with the schoolwork, he goes down fishing. He'll take a dog out and go swim in the pond. He'll take it for a walk, and 
he's running around the property doing stuff instead of being on electronics and and it's been great and he's still got that socialization with friends um and then when we want to go do stuff and it goes for i mean my oldest daughter she's 14 now but she just killed her first year last year but we got to take time off and you're not asking for anything from school they get their stuff done ahead of time so that's their their reward and then we get to leave and go do stuff and it's it's been great i mean he and i hit the road every thursday or friday all fall and as long as everything's done and he's signed off with his mom is technically his schoolwork is finished and he gets to go have fun the the one side that has been kind of comical over the last few years is that he's hanging out with a lot of adults you know at camp. our age yeah yeah <laughs> so but i think it's made it's made all the kids grow up faster when you're hanging out with people that are you know you're you're seeing you're getting influences from from your friends and from your parents friends and you're looking at things and and they've all three of our kids have kind of taken a path of what they want to do and i want them to be able to pursue it you know what i mean it's 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 been a blast so um jace has been great and i mean he's We've had so much fun traveling around, doing all kinds of different hunts, and I wouldn't trade it. I mean, I, that would be a, something I would have dreamed about when I was a kid yeah, for no my shit. mom to say, oh, yeah, no, just get your stuff done. You don't have to go to school. Just go hunt. Yeah. I mean, I would have loved that. So but, with today, Jace, do you have to work extra hard tomorrow to catch up what you missed today because you were with me and with Mr. Brad and I? Yeah. Um, let, let's say I have to go somewhere on Thursday, and I only finish my stuff on Tuesday. On Friday, I'll just do all my Thursday stuff. That I so I'll just have to double the work tomorrow. And you don't mind that? No. What? How old are you? I'm ten. Do you have any idea how many days you hunted last year? Do you have an estimate, or do you know exactly? You come across as a kid, like on my baseball hat when I was a kid, man. I, Brad, I'm sure you did it, Ryan. I'd have every hit on there, and then you'd cross that off. You know, you'd go one, two, three, four, and then put the diagonal line through, and that was for five. And I would count my hits. You count your days in the field? I do not, but it's somewhere around 90 in it. You hunted 90 days last year as a 10? How old is he? We were, we were Did you like hear this, Brad? Mid-80s. Did you hear this? A 10-year-old oh, yeah. hunted 80 days. <clears throat> That's crazy. That's awesome. 80 Anyways. to 90 around there. And we keep track right, of let me have this, give me that paper. every day in the Jeez. field. I mean, it's it's been good. Let me have that paper. Okay. <laughs> Just like Mr. How Ryan said, the, the education that he gets for, from those 90 days in the outdoors. Is you something. can't learn that you, at school. No, you yeah. can't You can't put a price Respect for a dog, that. respect for the resource, conservation, physical shape, breathing, the mountains, God's country. Like, where we were today, you can't you can't learn that. You can't, and you can't unlearn it once you learn it. You're like, it's you're it's part of you for the rest of your life. I will yeah. never forget watching those geese fly where they flew today, or seeing those dogs swim in that mountain pond. Oh, Dad, did I tell you that the geese were landing in the sagebrush? No kidding. I don't know why, but they were landing. I told in you the why. Sagebrush. What did I tell you? Dry feeding. But what were they eating? What did I tell sagebrush you? Sagebrush seeds. The seeds. Very cool. That's why a place called in Winnemucca called the Sleeper Mine was the first duck hunt I ever went on. Oh yeah. And that's what they were doing was eating flooded sagebrush. They get in the the sagebrush gets wet, which all that sagebrush there's a lot of water around there this year with all the mm-hmm. snow runoff, right? So let me get back to this. How old are you? Ten. Ten years old. Were you ten years old in the fall or did you just turn ten? I just turned ten. When? April eighth. Okay, so you were nine during the season. Mm-hmm. So this is a nine year old. How many days? Eighty five. Yep. How many chucker? 72. That you shot yourself. Mm-hmm. Did you hear this, Brad? How many huns? 49. How many He's, ducks? 
I think you were around like... I think I was like 21. Yeah. How many geese? Two. How many sage hen? Two. How many... Don't even tell me you went out to the Himalayan snowcock. He has. No, I have. He did it at eight. You ever heard of the Himalayan snowcock? <laughs> Let Ryan explain the Himalayan... This, I don't even know what that is. This is at uh, 10,000 feet of... of yeah, t- talk I mean, about yeah. we're the only... Nevada is the only state in the country that has these birds. And they were brought in, shoot, I want to, I read so many articles on these things, but 50s, I want to say, 60s, 50s, 60s, an amazing bird on top of the Ruby Mountains, East Humboldt's, living at, on top of the world. I mean, you're hunting these things, and mountain goats are below you, sheep are below you, and they are are an amazing bird. Well, two years ago. What do they look like? About the size of a sage hen, and they'll go. They'll change color in the in the winter time. Go more to a, a, a whitish color with the snow, but they'll they'll sit up there all winter time and just get beat. I mean, they're the toughest freaking bird. Wow, amazing vocalization on the birds. But boy, when they do it, they're it, it, once you see them, you're you kind of hunting them more like you're hunting big game. Mm-hmm. But everything's backpack hunting, so you're you're backpacking up in there. Then you're just trying to set up glass try to figure out a way to get in on these birds wow flying down in the morning feeding back up uh amazing bird so two years ago we did it and uh you know he's so into it and i started i've done it it was my fourth time doing it in about 12 years dozen years 15 years and uh i decided i gotta do it i mean I'd, i'd seen birds on every trip i'd been on had not harvested a bird yet and I'm not getting any younger, and I go, okay, I'm doing it again. So I start preparing for this trip, and you could just tell. He just – it's hard to explain to somebody what the terrain is like and how sketchy it can be and how hard it is. And I can see him sitting there and, you know, kind of almost getting teared up. I really want to go. I'm like, I know, buddy, but this is one of those things. Eventually, if you if you love this, you can handle it. But this is not something I should be taking you on. And it kind of compounded after every night and – Finally, I looked at my wife and I'm like, I could change what I'm doing a little bit and still be up in that country. The country's gorgeous. There's blue grouse up there and, I mean, great fishing in the lakes. And and I'll change what I'm doing. And if he really wants to go, but, I mean, we're he's got to wear a backpack. I mean, we got to mm-hmm. carry everything we got. And he's, yeah, I'm in. And mm-hmm. it's one good. of the first hunts of the year. You're trying That's to get awesome. up there when it's still pretty. And we got our butts kicked i mean it we hiked we ended up i didn't get out of town early enough so by the time we drive all the way up there you know you're doing a three four hour hike in to get up to where you're supposed to camp it gets dark on us so now i'm thinking oh this is dad of the year here this is great i mean now it's dark we're still not even where i'm supposed to be set up camp finally get where we want and the next day i mean you're already exhausted i mean it's not like you've been chasing birds for two months three months and in perfect shape we get up the next day and do this hunt climb all the way and you are on top of you're on top of the world you can see as far as you can see and i mean there's there's amazing animals I mean, this is where there. this is where mountain goats live oh yeah yeah, yeah. and you're and you're seeing goats Eleven thousand feet how, how high are you yeah i mean you're probably between nine to mid tens mid tens yeah would be my guess in the rubies and uh anyway so we get up it's about one o'clock in the afternoon we have yet to hear a bird see a bird a little bit of sign but it's all old and i'm thinking shit you know what the hell what are we going to do here and I don't want him to get bored, and we've worked our butts off to get up here. We take a little nap. Took a little CS underneath the big tree, and uh, I said, buddy, we're there. I mean, you can see it. we got to do one more pull, and it'll be, you know, 
two o'clock in the afternoon we'll do our little hunt and then we'll start hiking back to our base camp and we get up there and uh i said at this point you know everything i've seen everything i've read at this point in the afternoon you're going to kind of approach these birds and try and surprise them because we can't see anything and the first one we go over this little lip and now you're looking back into spring creek and i mean just gorgeous right and we come up over the top trying to see if anything's there nothing and we back up and i go before we start going downhill i go we i mean we're right there right at the peak i go let's go one more shoot and see if we can just find anything we get about halfway there and there's a single lone snowcock running out ahead of us never never would happen and i go right there and i mean this thing is 20 yards in front of us and it's just it's trying to get to the chute and it disappears out of sight. And what do you, you call know, on the shoot? Uh, great big cliffs going off. Valley ride, yeah. got your heart. And so I take off. I kind of had like an out-of-body experience, like kind of forgot he was there. Yeah. I just said, go, 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 go. So I go running up, waiting for this bird to jump, and I turn around, and here comes Jace. And I go, no, go to the other side. So he goes on the other side. Now we can't see each other, and we're just sitting there. I'm like, where the hell did the bird go? He never flew. And all of a sudden the bird gets up just like – happened a thousand times like a flush and chucker right and bang drop it and i holler at him and i go buddy be ready like i'm thinking to myself he's going to shoot a snowcock at eight years old right and if there would have been a pair of birds i bet he would have right and that was it got the bird he comes over to me and i'm, I'm just standing there he comes back up he goes you got it i go yeah i got it i go just be ready just in case he goes why aren't you excited i'm like I don't know what just happened. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. I've spent a 25 days doing this, and that's just happened with the two of Man, us you're together. you're the top of the world. Was that a cool hunt, Jace? Yeah, probably the one of the coolest upland hunts I've been on. You want to go back and do it again? Uh, um. <laughs> Wait a minute. It goes from the coolest hunt I've ever been on to maybe not? How hard was it? Uh, it, it was hard. It's hard. steep, huh? <laughs> Couldn't feel my feet that night. So let me ask yeah. you this, Jace, new marker. Nine years old, 85 chucker. Uh, seven, 72 chucker. 72 chucker, 85 days hunting, 72 chucker, 49 huns, 21 ducks, two geese, and two sage hen. Quail. Don't forget quail. Oh, quail. How many quail? 20. You got it on your phone. There's, and he did three species of quail. We went down there. Three species of quail. That's pretty good. That's pretty good hunting season for a nine-year-old. Yeah, dang right. I just counted them all into one. I think twenty-something. Twenty-something. Yeah. All right. So let's just say twenty-five quail. Okay. I want you to tell me out of all these numbers right here. Okay, Jace. You ready for this question? What's the mo- What is more important than the this count to you about the hunt? Are there other aspects of the hunt that are more important to you? than your kill t- your tally sheet your kill total so you're kind of wait so you're asking me like what else do you love about the hunt is there anything else about those days in the mountains or on the water that you love more than the actual kill um i love chucker hunting i love the sight i love walking up with my dad i love i love the dogs more than anything it's just a feeling when you have the bird, but the most thing I love the most is seeing the dogs do what they're supposed to do. I love seeing the dogs work, uh, no matter if it's waterfowl hunting or upland hunting. My favorite thing is just seeing the dogs do what they're supposed to do, and... I like that answer. Yeah. That's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, and a little disclaimer. This is 
we just keep track of where we are and where we're hunting and stuff. He's and but he's got the numbers. But I've told him from the beginning, it's not about the numbers. It's about no. I get that. I I, I think it's great of, that he keeps track because there's maturity levels in hunting careers. Yeah, you absolutely. Know? Yeah. And it took me a long time to get out of that mindset. You know, I started duck hunt when I was 27. So, like, I was way late in life starting, right? So, man, I was, like, fired up to get a strap of greenheads. Sure. Because I lived in Nevada, and I didn't know what a strap of greenheads really was or how to get it. And then you go out to Toulon, or you go out to, you go out to the Humboldt, or you get invited to the club with Dave or something. And then when I got that first limit of mallards, I was – yeah, I was like, oh, this is what numbers are all about. But I'm, gl- I, I think that it's okay to go through those levels of. But the the point about Jace is being nine. If you the quicker you can learn how important the mountains are or the water and conservation, all this, all the all the stuff that doesn't seem to be as cool at your age. The the more you study it, and the more you learn it, the more you learn about it, the more you're open minded about. Well, I killed these chuck with my dad, but I wonder if I can make them taste good. Let's go figure out a recipe, Dad. Let's go get a bunch of foil and wrap them up with onions and olive oil and put them on an open fire. And while they're cooking, we're going to go set some crawdads, crawfish traps at Wall Canyon, or we're going to go catch a couple small mouse or a couple. You know what I mean? Like there's all these things that you're going to learn. And I just want to make sure that you understand how important other aspects of the hunt are. Time with Dad, time with the dogs, the drives, the mountains, God's creation, all that stuff is pretty neat, right? Yeah. Yeah. Talk to me about the word anticipation. Today, were you excited? Like you showed up here, banded shirt, banded hat, banded bag, waiters ready, duck call ready. Um, your dad is, uh, your mom told me your dad is an overpacker. Yeah. Um, are you guys, are you, uh, are you a procrastinator when it comes to getting ready for a hunt like Mr. Brad is? Like he could be going to Canada and start packing five hours before the plane's supposed to leave. <laughs> <laughs> and then just throw everything in a bag. And a lot of people are That's like my that. Dad. A lot of people wait for the last second because they're busy. What What are you going to be? You're going to be more organized? Organization is the key to success, right? Yeah. I start like a week ahead. I just like, okay, I'm going to put underwear, socks, some pants, and then like put everything like clothes wise and my dad's like hey you have this i just put it in the bag whatever like i just need like i just put stuff in there and then once it comes closer i'll throw like more important stuff like calls waiters muck boots all that stuff like later so it's not all like sitting in there and i like to wash everything before i put it in it's not all over my clothes and stuff He's he's notorious, and this still cracks me up. And I know I was probably the same way growing up with the anticipation of what are we doing next? Where are we going? What do we get to go next weekend? Almost ADD. That's oh, how I was. We're not even home, and it doesn't matter if it's a day trip or a weekend trip. What are we doing next weekend? Where are we going? Are we going to hunt ducks next next Wednesday? Are we going to go back to the club on Friday and, and then all week? Are you still planning to go up there, Dad? I'm, <laughs> yes. But, you know, as an adult with the family, with a career, yeah. you're like – I already know where I'm going. We were chucker. But I'm not really thinking about it and he is We were chucker hunting and we Cubby got up, we killed a few birds. And I walk up to him and I was like, Hey, are we still going to um, where were we gonna go? We were gonna go Arizona, I think, or No. No, it was in Kings River. We were oh, we we're gonna go hunt Washoe. I was like, We're still gonna hunt Washoe for those geese? On the on the chucker hill. I'm like 
I think so. You're already looking past the trucker. You're already three days, four days. You get fired up. (laughs) What's your absolute favorite if you had to pick one? I had to pick one. Yep. Oh, this is hard. All right. Well, you don't have to choose. You sounded good on that duck call day. Brad, you happen to hear him on that jargon? I I would. He's torn. He 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 loves waterfowl, and I mean I, that's. I probably would pick waterfowl, but I don't know. Like they're kind of a close tie, but waterfowl, I just something with a big green head coming in. It's crazy how. Uh, and then I shake and I miss my first shot. Yeah, <laughs> we all do. That happens all the time. You got to see him shoot. It's not even. It's not good. <laughs> <laughs> what what was the offer that Mr. Brad made you today? Do you remember what he offered you? Um, well, I want you to really remember this because it was this was pretty cool. Yeah, so he, he posted this thing a while ago where there's this big kid camp at his dog training place. And how do you know he posted it? Do you follow him? Oh, I think my dad saw it. He yeah, told I, me about it. We just it. talked about it last night. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So he posts this thing about a kid's camp at Mossy Pond Retriever at the kennel. Yeah, I was like, I was talking to him about it. I was like, yeah, I think my dad just wants to talk to you about this camp. He's like, yeah, he's like, if you want to come down later, just all by yourself, you can come down and Very train cool. dogs and stuff. Like a little intern, like a mini internship. He's yeah. gonna, uh-huh, you're going to do what they call shadow Mr. Brad and Mr. Lee and the guys. Yeah. That'd be kind of cool, huh? Yeah. That'd be that'd be really you know cool. how many dogs they have there? Ask him how many dogs he has in his kennel. We keep we keep around 130 right now. Oh, do God. you really? Yeah. And you know what you get to do every morning? <laughs> <laughs> I'm only mad feeding five of them at night. Yeah. <laughs> we cook a lot, and we like our wild game to be legit. Our recipes mean a lot to us. Out of the box, unorthodox thinking, that provider mentality. We eat what we harvest. We eat what we catch. I love the organic lifestyle and nutrition and diet. We literally eat wild game seven days a week in one meal, sometimes two and three meals. My daughter, Alyssa, loves eating wild game. My nephew, Chase, all of our family has grown up and still lives on the value of sustainability. And Napa Valley olive oil is there for us. The Particelli family are hunters. They're fishermen, they're outdoorsmen, they're gatherers, they're providers. They are old Italian heritage that loves the outdoors. And this product, Napa Valley Olive Oil, located in the wine country of Napa, St. Helena, California. It's an amazing place. The store is amazing. The salamis, the cheeses, the fresh Italian meats, the sodas, the pastas, all of the different anchovies to all of the paste, everything that you need to do to be a complete outdoor chef. And even if you're cooking domestically, Napa Valley olive oil is bottled old school style. My boy Jules is sitting on a milk crate filling bottles and then their family members are pasting the labels on these jars. They're beautiful jars. It's old school labeling. The brand is amazing. The flavor is amazing. The culture of Napa Valley olive oil, the friendship we have with Ray Ray and Dante and Jules and Stefano and the entire family, the entire Particelli clan means the world to us. Get online, NapaValleyOliveOil.com and order a bottle. And then look what else they have. You can't go wrong with the Parmesan. It is the best brick of Parmesan cheese you will ever eat. Grate it over your salad, your soups, your meats, your steaks. Pair it with some compound butter. 
It's an amazing Parmesan cheese. The different flavored oils, the garlic, the lemon, you name it, they have it. The vinegars, it's Napa Valley olive oil. We're proud to have them in all of our recipes at The Foul Life, The Foul Life TV on the Outdoor Channel and The Provider Life. Look for more recipes at theproviderlife.com. Get yourself a provider cookbook. Napa Valley olive oil is all over it. Thank you to the Particelli family, and thank you all for supporting the brands that support us. That's pretty cool. They get there at like four thirty in the morning. They got to feed. They got to air. They got to water. They got to. They got to get ready. Then they. Not, that's the, even before they put them on the trailer and go out to the training grounds, and then they do that wow. hundred and thirty times. There's obedience. There's five, six different programs or five. Um, five programs. What are the programs? So um, you have the obedience, advanced obedience, the basic gun dog, advanced gun dog, and then your competition dogs. Wow. But um, yeah, the. As far as how we caretake for them, and that's the most important part, and that was that would be the part that I would like to start you on and show you how to care for a big pack of dogs. You know, it's easy to caretake for one dog or five dogs, but caretaking for a big pack of dogs like that and uh, making sure every one of them are taken care of to the fullest extent. That'd be a lot. Um, it, it it's a lot and it's fun, and but um, you know, it's not many places you can go and and learn that and i would love yeah. to after being around you several times um, um it's hard to say professionalism um to a to a nine-year-old but your professionalism with the outdoors and how you how you respect it and how you um handle yourself we would love to have you down at mossy pond and you spend a week with us and see the ins and outs of a of a dog training kennel and um if that's something that you might want to as you get older maybe help us out from time to time and um, give you some more knowledge on it we would love to have you i would love that what do you say <laughs> thank you yes sir but now you gotta yeah. now you got i mean now you gotta buy a plane ticket. you gotta figure out a plane ticket. <laughs> fly into you fly into st Pete. where do you fly into savannah um or jacksonville or, or jacksonville florida commercial airport yeah. oh. very cool you know they got quail there they got pheasants they got grouse they got ducks they got wild pigs Ooh. deer turkey i've killed turkey there right pretty neat. they got good food too <laughs> <laughs> so so jace when you're when you're out there today with brad um do you get nervous in a situation like that when i put you on the spot and you're on camera and you get the microphone and and and, and, and brad's asking you to say and then he says say it louder and then do you get nervous do you get do you get fired up for that do you get competitive how do you feel when you're out there in that situation of of learning from somebody like brad errington and, and training a dog like axel at first at first i'm like really nervous like okay what's gonna happen here okay I like i'm really nervous like if i do it wrong and then once like once it goes goes going like starts i'm like i'm totally fine so you feel like I get really nervous at first, and then I'm. What What do you think has set you up to be confident? You're you're a very confident young man. Is it your shooting? Is it that you've got these opportunities to hunt with your dad this much? Is it your karate and martial arts? Is it your sports career? Where do you find your confidence from? Where do you Where are you getting this confidence from? Is it a combination of all of them, or do you really is your mental confidence because of your taekwondo or your karate or your martial arts? Is it jiu-jitsu? What does he do? Karate? Correct. Yeah. Is it, wh where do you get your confidence? Um, where I always get my confidence from is my family. My sisters, my 
dad, my mom, um, hunting, like pretty much my family. I, I always get my confidence from my family. They're always like, go do it. You got confidence. If you don't have confidence, you can't really do anything. Let me ask you this when it comes to confidence. And be honest, who's a better hunter, you or your Uncle Todd? Hmm? <laughs> oh. You weren't expecting that one, were okay. you? And this is on record. <laughs> Sh- Shooting-wise? No, all-around yeah. hunter. I'm talking all-around. Who's better looking, you or your Uncle Todd? Oh, me. <laughs> <laughs> Who is a better hunter? Better hunter. Careful if he listens to this. I think Todd's got a grand slam. He got a stone, right? Y'all went and got a stone. Yeah. Uh, he, he got his desert. Yeah, he's drawn the two sheep here, and then we've gone for the other two. Yeah, he's, he's got gone. a grand slam. Yeah, do you have one? Have you no, drawn? I, I've done the doll and the stone, and I still have you not drawn a single tag here. You don't have the Rocky Mountain or the desert. Nope. Um, well, maybe Friday. We'll see. Okay, shooting a shotgun. Who's a better shot? You or your uncle Todd? The way I've been shooting it, I've been seeing him shoot this year. Probably me. Wow. <laughs> There you go, Todd. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Todd, Todd, Todd gets a, like all of us, when there's a bad day, it ain't good. Are you a good reader? Kind of, not really. What? Kind of, yeah. I can read. Okay, I'm not going to put you on the spot. I, I was going to have you read a commercial read. <laughs> all right, so I wanted to bring you on here tonight just to you know, keep this streak of national podcasts going, first of all, as a 10-year-old. You want to have your own podcast someday? Um, maybe not a podcast, but I would love to have a hunting show. On TV? Mm-hmm. I got a good name for it. You ever heard of George Jones' song about the race is on and here comes pride in the backstretch, heartache is coming to the inside. You ever heard that song? I've heard it, yeah. That song's called The Race Is On, I think. Mm-hmm. Your show's going to be called The Jace Is On. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. And it's going to have a bullseye and a target, and you're going to be on target. You're on TV. You're on fire. You're on You're on a, an adrenaline rush. The Jace is on. Jace is on. You like it? Write that down. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think? A few years to come. He'd be the guy to talk to. Who's your favorite country singer right now? Country singer right now? You better say Whiskey Myers, but they're not really country, are they? Oh. You know how mad I am at your dad for not inviting me to Red Rocks? <laughs> Two years in a row. Saw him in the airport after the first one. What are y'all doing up here? Oh, we went to see Whiskey Myers last night. I said, oh, really? Yeah. And then I just found out today from his wife that they're going again. They didn't invite me. Well, I mean, what do you got to do, Brad? What do you got to do? Be a better friend. I guess yeah. so. <laughs> my favorite, like, my favorite, too, like, old school country is probably the Marshall Tucker Band. Yeah, that's Southern Rock. Give me some country, but I do like the Marshall Tucker um, Band. Hank William Jr. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. He's the best of all time, isn't he? I want you to do yourself a favor, and when you're going home tonight, I want you to find a song called Feeling Better. Okay. By Hank Jr. Okay. 1974, I think, that song. Maybe 75. See, so your dad was born. So, 69, he was there. Your dad was born. 1969. <laughs> <just> <laughs> <laughs> Brad, what do you talk to Jace about real quick? About You just gave him a really good compliment. Um, what kind of lifestyle is it? You talked a little bit about it on the podcast yesterday. What Talk to this young man, though, about what it takes. I mean, it's not easy. It's, 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 a, it's a, an education in itself, right? Yeah, maybe I, I'll butcher this, but um, while, while you were talking just then, I mean, it was running chills up my back, what it means to me. And to try to get that message across to a nine-year-old and to my kids, you know, I got three boys and a girl, is um, the respect 
always respect it always enjoy every element every part of it it's just not about pulling the trigger the pulling the trigger is 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 fun you know that's the that that that's that's part of it the kill and recovering the game and having the pictures and shaking hands and um but it's the sunrise that morning it's the um getting up and getting ready and the butterflies and that you have your um you know it was so special to me and that's why i'm in that's why i do it as my profession but it was so special to me and i was so passionate about it when i was jace's age that um i would get sick i would get sick the mornings before we would go hunting um and um i got sick i had a nervous stomach i got sick um you know on baseball games football games some too but um most all of the bigger hunts i would have a nervous stomach and i would get i would get really anxious and but it, it's every piece of it i mean i remember the um this may sound nuts but i remember the hardy's biscuits that we would get before we would go to a go to a hunt back when i was his age and i mean it's every part of it, the camaraderie the the friendships the relationships that you build that sometimes can get overlooked but always respect the outdoors respect the game you know you never want to do it the right way you you don't want a cripple out there if a cripple's out there you spend the rest of the day finding that cripple you don't leave it to the um you don't leave it out there you you find the cripple you even if it messes up the rest of the day of the hunt you know respect the outdoors and um i, I think when you do it the right way it'll come back in two folds and call it luck call it whatever but um i think mother nature whatever if you do it the right way um she'll bless you because um when i'm out there i mean you see a piece of trash pick it up um respect and um do it the right way there there's so many people that are out there just for the pulling of the trigger and they don't respect all the elements that go into it that the good outdoorsmen um you know that you know back 200 years ago that how they fed themselves and fed their yeah. family you know they they had to respect the outdoors and respect the waters and respect the trees and the grass and every element of it do it the right way is what i would encourage all kids do it the leave, right way. leave the the land better than the way you found them. just like yeah. the farmer mentality the farmers don't own the land they just got to use it for a while and their theory and their analogy and ideology is that they put it back up on the shelf better than when they took it over and it's ready for the next farmer to, in line to come and toll that land close gates pick up all your holes after a duck hunt make sure that landowner knows you respect everything he does if you're going to cut a tree down or a brush down you make sure that you got that permission first from that landowner right mm-hmm. your dad and goes through a gate and, and up and up by mcdermott you get out and close that gate that land there might be cattle in there free ranging you always leave things the same or better than you found them right yeah respect of those older gentlemen today were coming out behind us remember i told my guy tom he was out there and they were about 200 yards back i said let's wait for him and you close the gate behind him so they don't have to get out of the truck yeah. they've come here before us they, they were trailblazers before us they've taught a lot of people and introduced the outdoors to a lot of people so always keep the fun in it but what Mr. Brad's saying is really evident in, my, in our life. If I walk in my backyard and I see a piece of paper on the ground that might have blew out of the trash can or we, we unwrapped some meat over here and that piece of plastic might have flown off in a wind because it gets windy back here and I see it, 
I don't go through the door and say, ah, somebody will get it. What do you do? Pick it up. And put it in the garbage, right? Mm-hmm. You leave things looking better. It's you already- don't procrastinate. And that, those little things, like Brad's saying, those giving back and respecting Mother Nature and the man upstairs and respecting that cripple to end it and dispatch it as fast as you can, always being ethical, always being legal. Yeah. All of that is the most important part of hunting. And I'm going to end it by saying this before Brad says it, is that we're on camera all the time. Somebody's always watching. Cameras are on you. So, man, I'm, I'm, I'm going to show off, right? That's how, that's how sometimes I think, like, I mean, I got to get this duck call right. I got, no, I want to do the little things right, even when the camera's on and even when the camera's off. When people aren't looking, that's called character is doing the right thing even when nobody's looking. There you go. Yeah. So when I'm on TV, it's easy for me to have an excuse to do the right thing. But I want the, when I'm not, those cameras aren't on, I want... I wish people knew that I would bend over and pick up a piece of paper because I don't want it blowing into my neighbor's yard. My dad would stop on the middle of Leadville Canyon Road. You ever heard of Leadville Canyon? You've heard of it. Big chucker spot going up to northern Washer County. He would stop and pick up other people's trash and put it in the back of the truck hmm. so it didn't blow up on the mountain. Littering wasn't even an option. When I see people litter, my blood broils, yeah. boils. So always keep that in mind that this land that we get to hunt and the resources is only there, obviously of a higher spirit and Lord upstairs, but we're the ultimate conservationist and conservation doesn't just mean being a member of Ducks Unlimited or RMEF or NWTF or NBU, all of these awesome conservation organizations. It means getting involved. It means really getting involved and Jace up speaking at a Nevada waterfowl dinner or Chucker Foundation dinner and really showing people that this lifestyle is catered not just to your dad's age or to, you know, a bunch of guys up in the mountains. I've heard it many times. The reason that kids don't get involved a lot in hunting is because they don't do what your dad does. It's guy time. You ever heard this? Like, right. this is when the guys get together. That's right. The kids get left behind. And not the right. end. by the time they're 12 or 13, they're not interested. Yeah, They don't want to go. You want to go, right? Mm-hmm. So do those little things every day. You see a piece of garbage in your dad's yard. And I'm sure he's already taught you this. I guarantee your mom and dad are great parents. You already know all this. You see a piece of garbage rolling across the mountain. I always told my friends, I don't want that. I don't want that bad can right there. I don't want a, an antelope eating that. You know, an antelope's a goat. They'll eat whatever. I said, I don't want to eat that can. Let's pick it up. Put it in the back of my vest. Old rusty cans. Garbage. I don't want that garbage in the mountains. So I always think about that. My dad always taught me, you take care of this place and it'll take care of you someday. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Is that how you live? That's mm-hmm. kind of like the hunter's creed, the motto, right? Yeah. Always do good when no, even when nobody's looking. Mm-hmm. That means, man, there ain't no game worn around here today. Damn it, Dad. These, there's birds everywhere. No. Yeah. We ain't that mad at them, right? We're not that mad at them. We don't need to do more than what we're allowed. Okay? Yeah. And we always eat everything we harvest. Mm-hmm. Right? Even a coyote. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> maybe not that one well, it's, just, it's, it, it's getting so hard to hunt you know it's getting more difficult and more difficult and people allowing you to hunt on their property and um, having the places to hunt and if we don't teach it the right way and do it the right way you know it's just going to be when he's when he's our age you know it's going to be extremely difficult even if we do it the right way. But if we do it the wrong way, I mean, it could yeah. be yanked out from under us. It's a privilege. Oh, it's a right in many ways, but it's a privilege. It's That's not right. written into our Constitution, but it is written in the Bible. And like the great Ted Nugent says, Uncle Ted is a very clever man. It is a right, but it is a privilege, like my good friend Remy Warren says. 
it's going to be a hunter that gets that privilege revoked if we're not careful. That's right. Oh, yeah. And if somebody like Jace to carry the torch into the next 30, 40, 50 years of this. That's right. Then the number one thing that that we have to understand with a kid is that he can never see ego. Ego is the killer of all things good. If you say you're a better hunter than somebody or you act a better hunter or he's not a good hunter because he jump shoots and I say you shouldn't jump shoot, you know, those are the things that get you in trouble. That's right. Of thinking that you're above something. Now, do I, would I jump shoot? No. Would I show my kid how to jump shoot? Heck yeah. You know, there's a lot of kids walking creeks in Georgia shooting wood ducks. That's right. And that's all they got. Oh, yeah. They don't have a mallard to decoy sometimes. That's right. So, to each their own as long as it's ethical and legal and don't criticize other hunters for doing things the different way than you do and that goes for recipes that goes for long bow versus compound bow versus versus a i mean i could go on and on well you take the joy out of it for them and you know yeah. I, sell it that's a great point brad i ain't interrupting you like my good friend michael waddell says celebrate everybody's hunt that's right yeah. quit thinking that you're so good that you can't celebrate your buddy killing a freaking hen gadwall don't tell that guy that he shouldn't be shooting a hen. I'll shoot every hen gad while I see. That's right. Okay, don't tell that was, us. That was a trophy to him. Don't yeah, take it. Don't from take him. it away yeah, exactly. from him. Don't Celebrate take, it. Don't take his joy. And Waddell is is Waddell has become the number one, number one face in hunting in all the history of the world, in my opinion. Hmm. He's bigger than Nugent, and Nugent's big. And I, I'm not saying that he is. He's say, I'm saying in my eyes, and I love Ted, and I love Jim Shockey. But the way Waddell celebrates the hunt has been key in my development as a hunter, and I don't even hunt whitetail. I don't hunt, I barely hunt turkeys compared to him. I mean, those guys are psycho, him and Philip Culpepper, psycho about turkey hunting. But if it was not for Michael Waddell celebrating a 135-inch deer like it's a 220, I would have never, ever been in this seat talking to you guys right here. My dad taught me how to hunt. My dad, thank God. But watching Michael Waddell, and I watched Phil Robertson, and I watched... You name the duck hunting videos. I watched them all. I got them all if you ever want to use them. Your dad's probably got them. I got VHS tapes for days. I'd wear people out. Hey, bub. Hey, Tim. This is Chad. What you doing, bub? This is South Illinois. Tim Grounds. Rest in peace. Let me hear it. I blow that routine. Do it again. Blow it again. Some bitch don't need to be listening to my routine. (laughs) Phil, this is Chad. What you doing, Belden? You got them ducks in the desert? This Um, is before Duck Dynasty. Wear them out. My good friend Jim Ray was here. He'd tell you I lived with him at the time. I was the most persistent 27-year-old you'd ever fought. Like, these guys are like, is this guy like 12? No, he's 27. And I'm blowing their phone up, and I'm calling Fred Zink, and I am learning. I want to learn I'm going to Dave Stanley's house twice a week for practice lessons. Two-hour practice sessions with Dave and John David. At the Reno Fly Shop awesome. and at Dave's house. You're excited. I was, I was nuts. I was a freak. I was stupid about it. Yeah. But my point in saying that is, who am I to turn an ear to somebody that wants That's help? That's right. That's right. Those guys were opening their doors yeah. and their night. I mean, they're two hours ahead of me. And, and Freddie was three hours ahead of me in Ohio answering my call. Sometimes he'd tell me he'd see that caller ID. <laughs> Don, don't answer that call. <laughs> don't answer that call. But I think that mentorship is where you are going a little bit brad is that i went to new york this year and i hunted in upstate new york and then i went down in the city and i got down in the city and i parked my goose rig next door to the firehouse in in queens 
shit. There's kids around me playing double dutch. What's up? What are you doing? I'm high-fiving them. What's you, what's you doing here? Oh, man, we've been hunting. What's hunting? They had no idea. That's right. Oh, we're hunting yeah. geese. What's a goose? They had no idea. And I started thinking, they'll never know that that part of New York exists. Right. You can't say never. But if we don't mentor people and we don't get them out of the city and you don't give somebody a confidence boost with a 22 plinking around, you take somebody shooting one time, they're going to they're gonna be a gun shooter for the rest of their life. Mm-hmm. That's how powerful this lifestyle is. Mm-hmm. You take them one time and let them see ducks work the right way or a turkey come in the right way, they're hooked. It's all, all our, about getting yeah. them the opportunity. All of our hunts at Mossy Pond, we ask them all the questions, you know, um, what they drink, what they um, – food allergies, um, you know, what they're going to be hunting, the activities, sporting clays, um, all of that. And the last question I get the ladies to ask them is if it's anybody's first time hunt. And if it is, we highlight it. That's a highlight hunt. We know that person's name in that group. And, you know, we try to make everybody um, have a a great experience, even if it's that 80-year-old grandfather that's, you know, might be his last quail hunt. But the first-timers, I said, listen, guys, it is so important for us to make this experience the best we can possibly make it for these first-timers to get them hooked in the outdoors and to have more support and show them the right way to do it. Yep. And if if we can mentor the younger generation and show them how to do it the right way, because just like anything, there's a lot of people doing it the wrong way. Yep. And if we can teach it the right way, um, we'll keep it. Yep. We'll be able to keep doing it. And um, as bad as some of the others want to fight it and take it from us if we do it the right way we'll be able to preserve it and keep hunting and he'll jace will be able to hand it down to his son and his grandson hopefully one day but if we do it the wrong way and we all don't stick together and work as a team to keep to preserve our rights to hunt then they will be stripped from us and there's a person in america right now we're not going to leave this podcast without hearing from jace one more time but i want to say this there's a person in america right now in the state of california named rocky merlo m-e-r-l-o that you guys have all heard of you've met him i'm sure with me he owns merlo waterfowl and he owns merlo farming he does i've never seen a human being in my life work for in the most selfless manner as this man he makes good money he lives a blessed life and he volunteers almost 100% of his time hmm. to Durham High School Athletics, Durham High School Sporting Clay Club, Nevada Waterfowl, SCI, SCI Foundation, all the advocacy going on on the board. He was the chairman of the board. He gives back through every single conservation effort that you could possibly imagine advocacy, banquets. I'm not saying that we all have to take this to the level of somebody like Rock Merlot, but he should be the inspiration of somebody like you, me, Brad. Brad gives back to a lot of kids like you talk about. And Jace at nine of seeing that Rocky has seen more birds die than all of us put together. Sure. Okay. Yeah. But his number one goal is to make sure that this is around for generations to come. Yeah. And Jace at nine has the ability to bring a lot of people into this sport and this lifestyle and this culture if you do it right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So what do you got to say about this? Like these numbers, they just don't add up to me. I'm trying to make them work, okay? 85 days, 72 chucker, 
Okay, yep. that's almost one chucker day. This just doesn't happen. There's just nobody that shoots that many chucker. I know your cousin Todd. I know Jim Ray. I know a lot of chucker hunters, and they're always mad. They're, they're like golfers. They're always pissed off. Chuck, 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 chuck. They're across the canyon, and they just walked up this side of the canyon. Why are they always? I don't ever see duck hunters angry. I'm just messing with you guys. <laughs> Uh, Jim Ray and Todd, chucker hunters aren't mad. Chucker hunting's awesome. I just here's why I don't chucker hunt. You want to know why I can't? Why I don't chucker hunt? Why? Because I can't call. Them. <laughs> and I mean that. If I can't, can't call an animal them. in and fool them, now I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. That's why I don't hunt them. Now I know they have them. Or what? Oh God, what yeah, sound do they make? Yeah. Do it for me. No, it's a, that's a. That's pretty good. Why do you get that facial expression when you do? That's like them that duck lips that the girls do. <laughs> okay, end it for us, Jace. Talk, tell the audience how awesome those dogs were today. Talk to them about the experience and tell them what we're getting, what we're going to look forward to the most this coming fall. Lead us out of this. This has been another episode of the Fowley Podcast. Ryan Newmarker, Jace Newmarker, Mossy Pond Retrievers, the great Brad Arrington. I'm Chad. Thank you all so much for the subscriptions, the downloads. You will hear some commercial reads during this from my good friend, Allie Beck Stanley, the wife of my good friend, John David Stanley, the number one killer in America, in my opinion, the best all-around hunter I know. Maybe his dad. His dad might be. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to hear some commercial reads on this. we got to pay the bills. Thank you all so much. We all are going to go out with a song called My Foul Life by the great rock band 2AM Logic. And then we're going to go cook pizzas chicken wings and smash burgers i can't eat any i get to eat the meat i'm on the carnivore diet but brad wanted all that's what i said what do you want for dinner tonight? he named all three of them no that's all i can eat is meat oh that'd be weird if i can't i'll pick up i'll pick up his slack jason (laughs) he's gonna pick it up lead us out of here take it away thank y'all so much for listening what do i talk about the dogs no i want you to sing i'm gonna um cowboy take were you just gonna sing a girl song? <laughs> oh boy, take me. Who is that? The Dixie, ch- Dixie the chicks. Chick, Can't call them the Dixie chicks. No. All right, sing a little Hank real quick. I live back in the woods. You see, the woman in the. I got a shotgun, a rifle, and a four-wheel drive, and a country boy can't survive. Take us out of here, Jace. What did today mean to you? You loved it. I love today. The way that Brad handles the dogs, I feel like that's like a big up for me. I feel like that was really cool. One one day I will always want to train dogs and help them help beginner hunters get like if they love dogs, get them into hunting with their dogs and make them love dogs and love make them love with hunting and the way Brad handles the dogs. I feel I feel like he is one of the most the best dog handler i've ever met so he inspired you is what you're saying you want to you want to get to that level of mr brad i want to get to that level where i can train dogs and i can help people get into hunting with their dogs got a boy i like that that's a good way to take us out always give Love back it. always give back all right we're going to eat brad's getting angry you look at him down there getting the shakes thank y'all so much for listening thanks jace yeah should have had you bring your duck call in here and hammer on it one time i don't think i have a duck call up here I don't know, do I? Let's yeah, let these right people there. hear you blow there's, duck call. There's two right there, but they're in. Grab that duck call up there, Brad, behind you, please. That one on the standing up right there why in that case. See, why do I see that? Huh? <laughs> Wait a minute. Is that a duck call or is that a goose call? That's a duck, that's a goose call. Let oh. me hear that let me hear that short read goose call. Oh short read. Uh oh, let me hear it. Here we go. A lot of air, baby. Pop it. 
This is this is Jace Newmarker. That's beautiful. Let me hear him moan. Give him a moan in there. Nice. Oh, he smokes you, Brad Arrington. <laughs> nice. Now he's now he's gonna ask somebody for some lessons. <laughs> Love it, buddy. Nice, work. awesome job. Nice work, Jace. Hey, 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 don't be putting that in your pocket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Take the case, too. <laughs> Thank you all for listening. <laughs>